Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Letha. And today we're covering Season 3, Episode 1. Shit, I forgot the name of it. It is called Aftermath. <laughs> Glad one of us took notes. Right? You, we're, we're clearly out of practice, okay? We're, I mean, we're recording this on Inauguration Day. I know, this is a big somewhat. day. We are, uh, we're starting a new presidential administration and a new season of Cobra Kai. This is also the first time... Um, in our history, that we are recording this podcast like in a weird live fashion. We are going to watch one episode and then record an episode reviewing that episode, as opposed to like how we did previous seasons where we'd already seen the whole season and like each episode was us like rewatching. Are you the kind of person that binges? You know, I usually will, would do like two or three episodes at a time, as opposed to like what we're doing right now, but the whole binging thing, I think if I watched an entire season in one day, I'd feel a little ill. See, that's me. You're a binger. <laughs> like, I don't have the kind of benefit of wondering what's going to happen to the characters. Okay? I, I don't remember what it was like. Those days sucked. When you had to wait a whole week for another episode. I mean, what a, what a dark age we used to live in. And, like, yes, it's weird to be doing this. And we're going to, like, talk about, like, hey, where do you think the characters are going to go? When we can find out in an instant. Just right. by and it feels this. like it's been so long since season three ended. Sorry, season two ended. Um, and we're now in a Netflix world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the show has moved from YouTube Red to Netflix, which is really good for us because we've been telling people to watch the show forever, and their answer's always been like, mm, I don't have YouTube. What show? Yeah. Well, jump in, guys. I know. It's Colors time. are brighter. Join the zeitgeist. Bigger budget. Um, okay, so let's start off with a Netflix synopsis. Miguel is fighting for his life. Robbie's missing. Sorry, that should be funny. Daniel and Johnny's reputations are in tatters as the community reacts to the West Valley Brawl. Question for you. How do you feel about it being called the West Valley Brawl? I feel like they could have done better with the name. I mean, I'm not accusing the writers yeah, of the show, sounds like a but little, West Valley itself. It sounds like a little skirmish that happened inside of a mall. I, instead of... Like a weird school riot. Yeah, they Um, call it a karate riot. I would have liked some alliteration, too. Like, you know, the the teenage tumble. No. Okay, look. I know. You're going to have to work. I'm working on it. (laughs) The West Valley violent out... this West is gonna Valley haunt her. The, okay. uh, God. We'll we'll go back to Latha guys. This is all in improv, three guys. Years. This is hard. <laughs> um, so when we pick up, um, poor Miguel is in a coma. Has been for two weeks. He's in a coma dream. He is fighting. Um, like, is there's a nice little opening scene where he's like fighting in a tournament, defending his title? But of course, it's a dream. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like. You kind of see flashes of him in the stream through the episode. It seems like the opponent that he's fighting at the tournament... He's not Robbie. He's just, like, some random kid. Um, the opponent that he's fighting is, like, the embodiment of his coma because at the end of the episode, when he beats the guy, he wakes up, right? Yeah. Right? In which case, I wish... I mean, do you feel like that, that tracks? Do you feel like he should have been fighting, I don't know, Crease or Robbie or somebody else? Someone we recognize? Uh, I mean... I don't know if Crease, as evil as he may be, is the living embodiment of a coma. So. You don't want to see Dream Crease? Oh, God, no, <laughs> no. Real Crease is ridiculous enough, so I, I kind of thought the whole, like, I don't know. While I like to see Miguel fighting, and obviously we are not going to see that character fighting for some time, like, and it was a little bit on the nose, the metaphor, you know? It's true. Yeah. And we don't spend a lot of time with Miguel in this episode, it's, it's, and it's kind of disappointing because I think our complaint from 
season two was, wasn't enough of his character, and now for most of the episode, he's he is unconscious. But yeah. uh, I hope hope that seems like it's going to change soon. So I really do have hopes that like we'll, we'll see the return of Miguel because we do see like um, so Johnny's arc through the episode is basically like. Well, it's kind of interesting, because, you know, he, he starts out getting drunk on cores at a bar, par usual, um, and, you know, he's clearly very sad about Robbie, like, being on, uh, being on the lam, because Robbie went missing after the West Side Valley brawl, and he's also, like, distraught about Miguel, and we do have some nice scenes where he's, like, trying to get into the ICU to see Miguel, and, like, he does have a scene where he, like, tells Miguel to keep fighting. Again, kind of cheesy and over the top, but I, I'm just always just happy to see them together, so, you know. yeah. Um, so yeah, Johnny starts out the episode kind of back to ground zero. Uh, do you want to talk about the, where he's at emotionally? And also, man, does he look rough. Like they really, they did well with that. Um, yeah, like two weeks is a lot to apparently grow a full on beard and, um, kind of revert to classic Johnny parking lot, Johnny. But like, it's, it's weird because he's like at a bar, which is like, it looks like I like that this bar is like clearly like an Applebee's or a Senior Frogs or something, but like, um, he's at this bar, he's like getting drunk on Coors, not even Coors Light, Coors Banquet. What the hell? Which my husband informs me is just regular Coors. Okay. Um, and he's like, he gets into this idiotic fight with some dudes at the bar who just want to change the channel to like the Dodgers game. And like, you know, they're totally in the right, he's totally in the wrong, and then they like, leave without even, like, you know, they're kind of dickish to Johnny, and they call him a loser in Spanish, but, you know, that seems kind of fair. And then he, like, follows them out and, like, punches out the window of their car, and it's just, like, I don't know how I felt about that, because it was, like, I expected it to happen, and I, like, always, I like the show best when it's subverting my expectations. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, in season two, and we won't, I feel like we'll constantly do this, I don't want to compare it too much, but... Um, the few times we've seen him in kind of like a bar room fight is when he was out with his buddies in that reunion trip and he, he got into a fight and the guy at the bar was definitely a jerk and kind of like, it felt like he was defending someone's honor, Mm -hmm. you know, like there was a reason for the fight and you're like, you're, you're rooting for Johnny because he's the underdog here. It was like, no one's rooting for the guy that's just randomly starting fights to yeah. be, like, provocative or whatever. Right, and it's like, it, I, I don't know, it was like, it's kind of a psycho thing to do, and I understand that, like, Johnny's hit rock bottom, but, like, I don't know if you exactly need that. Like, you, you know, you, you, you just need to see his beard and you understand he's hit rock bottom. Um, but he does get arrested, which is, like, I like that, I do like that the guys he beats up in the parking lot are, like, call the police, which is like, yes, that is what you would do if somebody punched out the window of your car. Like, nobody seems to call the cops enough at these things. But, yeah, he gets arrested. Um, he's, he, like, looks like shit. Um, and so later in the episode when he, like, uh, goes to the, uh, goes to the hospital to try to see see Miguel, like, it's, there's a nice, nice bit, I like this, where he's, like, trying to get in the ICU, and the nurse is like, no, families and doctors and patients only. And, like, so he sees an abandoned doctor's coat somewhere. He puts it on, and it's immediately clear that this is not going to work. Like, <laughs> I love how scruffy Johnny can't like flirt his way into the ICU oh, or yeah. convincingly play a medical professional of any kind. Right. But he does kind of what a Johnny thing is. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck myself up a bit more. He in slams order to get his in. head into like a paper towel dispenser in a bathroom so that like now the doctors have to see him because his head's bleeding. And Oops. it's... Yeah, Question, like what that. kind of health insurance do you think Johnny has? Oh my god, none. I just... 
No way. Oh, well, you know what he would have? Because he might be between, like, uh, steady gigs of employment. He might have Cobra. Oh, right. Pun. Oh, God. Health insurance pun. I don't oh, think. wow. There's no need for any of us to talk about Cobra anymore. <sighs> Not in that context. I'm anyway. so proud of that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I like that. That's a good Johnny moment because it's just like... You know, Johnny's got to be Johnny. He is not going to impersonate a doctor and get into the ICU that way. Not going to happen. But he is going to slam his head into a wall. Can we also talk about the fact that when he's in the county jail and he has this brief scene with the cop, um, you know, his the cop kind of was like, your son is a fugitive and, you know, kicked somebody um, to their death, essentially. And he's just like... Yeah, he he weakly defends his son, and he's like, yeah, you know, Robbie made a mistake. But then his emotions are not really engaged until the cop talks about how Miguel is kind of, like, fighting for his life. And then that's kind of what motivates Johnny to, like, basically, yeah, beat himself up to get into the ICU. I mean... His first move is to go see Miguel. It's not like to hit the streets and find out what Robbie's up to. That's true. I mean, I was actually... Proving my original theory that he never finished that letter to Robbie. <laughs> he doesn't love Robbie. He doesn't love Robbie. I'm going to say it. I mean, I it's actually duty, It's an obligation. It's like a distant uncle. Some guilt. I was actually quite surprised that he his reaction was like, you know, like uh, the cop is like, oh, your your son like nearly killed that kid because the trash doesn't fall far from the bin. And I, I liked, or I was surprised that Johnny's reaction was like, no, he's nothing like me. Robbie's a good kid. He just made a mistake. And I was like, I, you know, I, I'm glad that they sort of like laid out like that's how Johnny feels about it. Because I was wondering that. It's like when your actual son kills the non-son that you love better like what how do you feel about him and johnny has decided that like no robbie made a mistake but but obviously he loves miguel more i will say that you can't really get angry because anger is emotion that you feel when you feel something deeply whereas i don't feel like it's like you know robbie's just this guy that just shows up guy johnny knows and he's got weird hair and he's i guess he's related to you it's like if you were a sperm donor and you're like I don't know how many kids I have. And then you find out one of them's Robbie and you're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've kind of moved on with your life. Maybe you've formed real bonds with people. You have another paternal relationship. Exactly. But... And you're not too concerned, you know? It's like he feels some responsibility, but not as if he obviously feels he's not at his side. Like he's at Miguel's side it is... in this in this episode. And he's saying, I take responsibility. I failed you. Right. And he's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not sure if I believe you're like, Johnny doesn't love Robbie. He's not theory, like, I mean, think of that yeah. any concerned parent. If your kid, like, ran, got into this terrible fight and Disappeared is, is a fugitive afterwards. on the run, yeah. I feel like most would, like, be in their car, like, searching for them to I, see if something, and it's been two weeks. It's not like the day after and he's still reeling. It's been two weeks and he's like, well, I can still find like a garage or Robbie's something. Robbie's still alive. Like Miguel, yeah, but I mean, hanging on. <laughs> now, I guess this is this really organically moves us to like our next plot thread slash character, which is Daniel, who um, actually does spend the episode searching for Robbie in a way. Um, but first, like you know, when we see Robbie, uh, sorry, when we see Daniel and oh, shit, what's Daniel's wife's name? Amanda. Amanda. It Daniel has been too long. It has been too long, but like. They're walking to, like, a school assembly that's about, like, the fallout of this whole karate thing. Um, And, like, we learn that Sam has been suspended. 
uh, for two weeks. For two weeks. Does that? So Amanda is very kind of like indignant. Um, I feel like I don't know. It's a long time, but I feel like high schools just are easy with the suspensions. Like you do anything wrong, I feel like they would just blanket suspend everybody involved unless something more serious happened, like Robbie's and Juvie. I we don't n- learn what happens to Tori in this episode. I don't think. I think yeah, she gets yeah. expelled. Robbie's not in Juvie. Robbie's on the lamb. Right, like, right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But I, Tori's it sounds expelled. like Tori gets expelled. Um, and like. I think that, that that's actually pretty fair. Tori gets expelled. She did start it and, like, had a weapon and everything. But Sam, like, yeah, I, I feel like they would just, like, kind of randomly suspend everybody who's involved in the fight. Which actually makes it weird that, like, a bunch of the other kids are not suspended. And, like, they were, like, all involved in the fight. Um, you know, yeah. like Hawk and Dimitri and shit. Um, so that's kind of odd. I wonder if it's, like, a regular fight where, like, someone's like, the cops are here. I, I'm obviously speculating because I have never been. <laughs> You've never been in an all-out high school brawl? One day I'll tell you about the one fight I was briefly in. Whoa. One day. Whoa. One day, It follows me running away. (laughs) Which is very par for the course. Anyway, um, but it's like the the cops come in this high school and, like, the main people, most people are watching and just scatter, whereas, like, the people that are, like, laying bleeding, it's kind of obvious who's in the fight. Right. So. I I see what you mean. And, like, so I guess that, that part's realistic. Here's the thing that, so the, as the Netflix summary says, it says that, like, uh, Johnny and Daniel's, like, um, reputations are in tatters. And we see, hear from Amanda that people are not buying cars from the dealership or businesses down because, you know, this, like, Robbie, the kid who, like, kicked a kid off the banister is Daniel's student. And I'm like, I kind of feel like that's, like, one leap of logic, like, more than people usually make. Like, they would probably be, like... Like, all right, when they get to the school assembly and there's, like, a, uh, like, the principal's, like, we're banning karate. That, to me, makes sense. It makes sense to me that the parents would be, like, fuck this karate nonsense. No more of this. It's not allowed anymore. It's weird to me that, like, the community at large in West Valley, in Los Angeles, would be, like, would draw this connection between, like, a high school brawl, kid who did a bad thing at the high school brawl, his teacher and local car dealer, like... Yeah, it's like a it's like a a city, but that operates like a village. Right, it is not a, a karate small town village. where like everybody would be able to like you know be like, did you know that's Larusso Auto that like taught him karate? You know, that but they act like I mean the way that I don't know maybe the Larussos had standing in the communities. He's part of the country club. He owns like a prominent local business. He's also now this karate don. Right. And, he's, and, and so, you know, and Amanda brings to the point, like, his commercials capitalize on, like, his love of karate, and he has, like, a bit of a reputation as, like, this ex-karate champion. I get that. I just feel like, you know, I don't I, I don't know if, like, saying that his reputation in the community is tarnished is the necessary. The Russo name is poison now. <laughs> That's weird. Like, that doesn't... They live in L.A. They don't live in a village. And, like, isn't it enough that, like... His student nearly killed someone, like, and their daughter got the shit beaten out of them. Like, do they need more on top of it to show? I don't know. That this Parents is bad? are an angry bunch, you know. They're willing mm. to blame anybody. I mean, I totally see why they blame Daniel because, like, if I were a parent, I would be like, "Yep, yeah, nope, zero tolerance on karate." And like, the people who run the big karate dojos, like, they suck. I definitely would, would if I were a parent, I wouldn't be like super fond of the Larussos, but like, the community at large deciding not to buy a car from him is like. What do you know about the car dealer you buy? It's a car interesting from? about blackballing a, 
a certain business. But I mean, yeah. So I, I kind of love this. Let's get to the other elements of this. <laughs> so Daniel and Amanda are just not doing so well. There's some tension there. Um, oh, man. I, especially since during this PTA conference or whatever, uh, like, Daniel is made basically the only one kind of pushing back on the ban on karate. Calls it. There's no there's, reason for there's like, no reason for this karate footloose. I love it. Which is yeah, cool. it's this true. is actually my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah, he has a point. Um, but then he's weirdly just, and it's 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 bad news when we're agreeing with Daniel. It is kind of an overreaction to this karate brawl. But then it's like all of the parents, and I'm sure secretly Amanda too is like against him and. They call Sam a tramp, which is a weirdly personal thing to say about a teenager. Yeah, which is, it's also, like, the kind of thing I feel like parents wouldn't even really know about. Like, I thought this was my favorite scene, basically, because, like, I feel like the show used to have this a lot in the first season and kind of is lacking it in the second season. And this episode isn't perfect, but I like in this scene this, like, this very realistic reaction of the school, which is, of course... To just declare that they are banning karate and then rolling out a program called Hugs Not Hits. Yeah, and then they claim Mr. Stingray never worked here. Right. <laughs> that, like, what about that neck-bearded teacher who's beating people up? What, no, we don't know where he is and he's not allowed within 500 feet of children anymore. Mm-hmm. I like, they describe Hugs Not Hits as it's like dare, but it actually works. And the kids would be hugging each other. Not teachers hugging students. Oh, yeah. And then... My, like, a parent asks, like, why weren't the teachers stopping it? And, like, I love it. I love it. Like, one, one of the teachers is like, the NEA regulations say that student, that teachers cannot get in between two fighting students. Absolutely true. That is what the National Education Association says. That's a union rule. Um, so I love that, like, God, the show doesn't do this as much as it, as it did in the first season, but just that it's nods to, like, yeah, this is actually how that would go down, you know? like Yeah, and it kind of, I guess it counterbalances the, this gritty realism is sort of out of place in a show that's kind of insane. Like oh, yeah. just But I love that because it's like, it was kind of like, it might be insane in the sense that like there's a big karate brawl in the school, but it was, but it's like a show that like understands, like you remember in the first season, like they had that anti-bullying talk, which is like the worst thing ever and would, yeah. only, would only like get somebody like the person who Hawk used to be, Eli, the person formerly known as Eli, like, even more bullied. Same thing with this hugs, not hits thing. It's like, of course it's what a school administration would come up with, you know? Yeah. And one of the parents yells, you, I don't know, unnamed parent was like, you reap what you sow. And I was like, dude's getting real biblical. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need to go Old Testament about this karate fight but it seemed like he had some like long-standing grudge against daniel wouldn't that be interesting though like maybe the town has really secretly hated daniel everyone hates daniel like the larusos have had this death grip on the valley and they were too powerful for anyone to go up against and then this like finally was the crack people needed to just be like you know what I can see the next episode where they just run the Larusso's out right? of town. They set their house on fire. <laughs> like, Burn their crops. Yes. I'd also like to say that, like, um, so speaking of, like, getting all biblical, at one point Sam and, is talking to her dad and, like, it's just like, oh, it's all my fault and et cetera. And he says to her, all this started before you were born. And I'm like, oh. Somebody puncture this bubble he has of, like, this glorious, like, decades-long conflict when it's like, dude, come the fuck on. Like, this is petty shit that is exploding out of control. That's different. And I think, you know how we've been 
sort of rooting for, or we had mentioned like maybe the only way Daniel can improve as a person or like uh, grow is if he loses everything. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what this season is trying to set up for us. Like the thing he cares about most is like, well, we had said he wants his parent or his, his daughter to respect him and um, to have the respect of his community and Mia and not, you know, spoil Miyagi's name. And so, and he, he loses all that and gets stripped down to his core. At, ah, I don't think so. I think he's just, I think the season is mainly about him like teaming up with Johnny, which I like, I'm good with that, but it's just, Man, like, Amanda used to be here at moments like this to, like, roll her eyes and be like, all this started before you were born, fucking please. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, man, I don't know. I So, um, full disclosure, my husband will watch this episode with us, and then afterwards was just like, this show is stupid, I'm not going to watch it anymore. And, like, I'm not saying the show's stupid. I know. No, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm like, like I said, there was I don't know her, guys. It's hey, random person. We have always been really honest about like the the shortfalls of season two, and I think I'm really hoping season three is like more of a throwback to season one in quality, you know. And like, so there are things that I liked in this episode, but there are other things where it's like, come on, somebody point out how ridiculous this is. Don't let Daniel get away with making grandiose, overblown statements like that. You know? That's kind of who Daniel is. So in yeah, that which is sense, fine, as long as somebody's like. Yeah, someone needs to Like, Sam him. should start laughing. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, I, I don't know if maybe we'll see more hints of this. The other thing I miss is kind of, like, the hints of humor that were everywhere in season one. And then just started... It started getting a little bit more darker and and less self-aware. So, yes, yeah. like, the, you know, we all love Johnny, I think. Um, partly because he's just, like, doesn't take himself too seriously. And he's... Having a little bit of fun, like even between the emotional beats of like impersonating a doctor or whatever, mm-hmm. like, and it's nice to see that because Daniel is someone who's like always takes himself so right. seriously. And so the funniest moments that involve Daniel involve somebody else, often Amanda or somebody, just being like, "Oh, you, you want to go brawl with your childhood karate rival, like over the brunch table? Okay, you know." Which is, yeah, like the show is best when it doesn't get too far up its own ass, and it's just like this is ridiculous. Can we all? In fact, like the news coverage of the karate brawl, like which was a very nice recap of like what happened. It's it's almost like yeah, but is anybody pointing out that like this is ridiculous? Like this I want is... there to be like some sort of uh, like a visiting news crew being like <laughs> in this town, <laughs> the seismic event is this karate riot. Um, and all of the big players in town. It's like they're in a village in Sicily or right? something. I know. It's like a documentary should be made about this. Um, so speaking of Sam, because, you know. Yeah, let's talk about the teens. Um, so Sam is having Tori flashbacks, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is fair. She's back at school, and she has a so she has a thing where, like, she walks into school through the metal detectors, which is fair. And... Um, these girls, like, I guess they're freshmen or something, they're looking at her and they're like, you know, they're doing that thing where, like, they look at you and they giggle and they look at you again. And, like, later in the episode, she was, like, she's telling her dad, like, you know, everybody's talking about me. And it's not like when you're a guy and people think you're cool if you win a fight. Like, girls just think you're crazy. I mean, that is true. But I found it weird that, like, if you knew that some chick was involved in, like, a huge all-out brawl, like, would you be, like, laughing at her where she, where she could see you? Yeah, that's why, you know, we floated the theory that everyone in this high school is a sociopath because of their glee at, like, the 
the brutality. Like, this was like, Tori was coming after her with, like, fisticuffs or whatever. And if anything, like, Sam defended herself ably. Mm -hmm. So that's something like, that person might be like, oh, that's... That's cool or whatever. Right. Or... And, like, if they were going to think somebody is crazy, they would probably think it was Tori because she was acting like crazy. And, you know, and it's I just, just don't understand strange. the cliques or the dynamics in this high school, and maybe I never will, because unknown, cool freshman girls. And the thing is, Sam has never been a wildly popular person in this high school because she can't seem to make any lasting friends. Oh, well, let's talk about her childhood friend Aisha whose name is constantly evoked we'll be free of that because Aisha apparently has quit and joined a private school um I yep. hope we get to see her at some point like maybe when they do like an all valley private school oh, edition yeah I don't know but I hear she's just been written they off salted the, show. the earth they said yeah. like oh her, her family moved like why would they have to move so lazy well? it's so lazy. so lazy and to add insult to injury, like, we learned this from, like, you know that blonde villain girl from the first season whose name I can't remember? The one who got a, a power wedgie or Power wedgie, and, you know, there's a call back to that where somebody just calls her straight up power wedgie when she walks through the door. And you're like, um, you know, she's the one who reveals this. It's like, you're back, but Aisha got written off the show? What the I fuck? just, yeah, I'm sure there's a reason they got, she got written off the show, but it's... As much as I love kind of cameos, and I know that we see Kyler, like, later this season, sometimes I'm like, show creators, I hope you know who the who the show, or who the fans care about, and, like, want to see more Miguel, or want to see more Johnny, and, um, yeah, it's, I don't it's, know. I'm, I'm just have to say this, it's never Sam that we want to see Yeah, more. I don't know. And I will say cynically, I wonder if it's, like, gotta throw one to the teen girl audience, and it's like... So we have Tori and Sam as two sides of the coin or whatever. and I don't think it's a very... I don't uh, know, man. Like, it doesn't do anything. Are we haters? Surprise. We're haters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're calling me a hater? You're a hater. I don't know you. I don't know me. But, yeah, the thing is, it's like... The thing that the show... I, I Like, when it's at its best, it's funny, it, it's self-aware, and it subverts your expectations. And, like, Sam doesn't do any of those things ever. I mean... I, I thought that maybe, like, what if she turned out to be a bully? Wait, I liked it, but I was going to say, one exception. At the very end, she comes in, like, she comes back to school. She ditched before because, like, she just couldn't stand all the looks and shit. But at the end of the episode, she goes back to school... She walks in, the girls are looking at her and laughing at her, she comes up to them and is like, you got anything to say to me? You can say it to my face. And like, this at least is a realistic reaction. They have nothing to say, they look like kind of afraid of her, and she says, didn't think so, and walks off. And I was like, you know what? If this is about Sam becoming like, uh, like Tori or becoming like a bitch, I could actually Or just for growing that. a spine or developing any kind of personality trait. Yes. I, I almost wonder if like the fact that she's not kind of the center of a love triangle might force her to get some dimension. Maybe. I mean, I... Like, it literally takes Miguel being in a coma for her to be like, maybe I should find some interest. And her actual boyfriend, like, being a fugitive from the law, and she's like, shit. It's funny when you think about that, because, again, you're like, yeah, he's a fugitive from the law, and then you remember it's Robbie. So, segueing to where do we find Robbie? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, as we alluded to, Daniel does spend more of his episode than Johnny looking for Robbie. Um, The... Car dealership records show that, uh, like, a station wagon went missing from the lot a couple weeks ago. Uh, Daniel tracks the GPS, and, you know, Robbie has cleverly, like, disposed of it. So where is Robbie? Uh, I don't know if we see where he is. Like, he it seems like he's homeless. Like, we see him for a, a few wagon. seconds. And, oh, my God, he got a haircut. I guess. He and here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Um, you're you're in this terrible life altering brawl. You may have killed another teen, and you're on the lam. You might have time to get grab like two things: your dirty ass hoodie and like a pair of shoes. And what, like a pair of scissors to give yourself a bowl cut? On he the has way? a bowl cut. How, like, so he finds somebody to... on the street to give him another terrible hat. We both looked at each other and were like, "How is it possible for his hair to look worse?" Yes, yes, it's amazing. Well, first of all, I think he had to cut his hair because it was like so, it's so recognizable. It's like there's probably an APB app for like a teen with ludicrously long. I, the only hair. thing that's like, oh, did he get a Caesar cut? No, it's a bowl cut. Okay, yeah, which is probably I, again, it's like the kind of haircut you could give yourself. Um, and also props to like the showrunners who were like, you know what? He is not going to look better. No. What's weird is, like, usually in, in movies and TV, like, if somebody's, like, on the lam and they're trying to, like, change their looks, like, you see them in some, like, dirty gas station bathroom with a bottle of hair dye. Like, he could have dyed his hair black or but blonde his, or something. His and, hair's already brown, so it's, like, he, it, it's not the hair that his hair color. That he could have buzzed it. He could have shaved it off. It. Like, you should have shaved your That head. was a you choice. The bowl cut was a choice. He's like, nope, I will not have good hair. And I actually, like, we were watching some YouTube video of the actor. When, when he has normal hair, he looks like a completely normal person. Yeah. It's crazy what this hair does to this poor young man. Um, it tortures us. It keeps yeah. us up at night. Um, so he's on the street. And I, I just love how these episodes are still, like, roughly, like, 25 minutes. And they spent, like... Five minutes on Daniel, kind of Daniel and Uncle Louie, who is back, by the way, like yeah. painstakingly putting together the clues of Robbie's GPS drama. Like that's what it's like. I, no one wants to see this. You could have literally just dedicated the two seconds to Robbie on the streets with his bowl cut, and then end yeah. scene. We know where he is, right. kind of. Like yeah, it's like okay, we get that they tracked him. Also, Louie being back. I don't have a problem with Louie. It's not that he, he was like. He's Daniel's cousin and was, like, working at the dealership in the first season. But it's just, I don't know, man. Like, the dialogue is, like, it used to be... A little wooden. It's wooden. Like, I just remember, like, it used to be sharper and more surprising, like, uh, like all of the dialogue in the show. And, like, with him, he's like, I got something to show you guys. Don't worry, it's not porn again. And it's like, I... Yeah, it's like, hey, people who have never watched the show, remember Louie? Let's give him some, like... It's very expositional, I guess. Right, and also, like... It's not porn again? Like, come on. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah, and if we're going to talk side character, I'd rather see a noosh. A noosh, yeah. Like, and they don't explain, like, what was, like, remember the circumstances of how Louis left the show, right? Like, he had burned up a car. Which, yeah, like, like a, he went after Johnny's car for, like, no fucking reason. Bad shit. Yeah, um... Yeah, and then, but he's back now because I guess they need somebody else to do... Just bring a noosh back. And, like, also, like... I just remember, like, when Anoush and, like, Louie and, and Daniel, like, used to banter, like, there was, like, it was oddly specific, do you know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, Anoush talking about, like, his Bumble app or whatever. It, I don't know. And it was, yeah, like, this it was, more, like, a lived-in relationship. Yes. This is more, like, a generic thing. Like, what would Daniel's crazy cousin say? Oh, I'm not going to show you porn again. And it's, like, nobody yeah. would say that. Even I'm curious this if this is that. a... I don't want to... Speculate. Do you think it's these changes are like the move to a big platform like Netflix? And I've always read this thing that like whenever shows like lose their kind of like season one weirdness and specificity and they get like the humor becomes more broad and the characters more generic, it's usually like shitty producers who like 
have no creative ability that want to this is what they think they want to appeal to as many groups mm-hmm. as possible so they're like yeah let's have the bad girl and you know right they like water down the dialogue i've read this about gilmore girls where like oh. how would you sell a show that's like i don't know about this weird group of townies like there's an there's lots of episodes where like nothing really happens that's true it's very rooted in like relationships and things like this and that's what season one was, which is like the relationship between Miguel and Johnny and Daniel. And it was it was rooted in this not necessarily realistic world, but like this oddly specific world of like like I said, like, you know, the just the shittiness of the dojo and the strip mall. Everything about it was like that is what like how yeah. California dojo. It was unglamorous like. and it added yeah. this like kind of like I don't know, realism and grit and, and even sadness. That, like, like a broader, stupider show would have made Daniel like mayor of the town. Instead, Daniel is a successful car dealer, which feels just about right. You yeah. know, it's like he's successful, but he's not like, I don't know, he doesn't like own the town, right? And right. Yeah, but like, I do feel like if this, yeah, like with whatever is the guiding of just now, they would have been like, well, Daniel is, of course, mayor. And, like, Johnny lives in a sewer. <laughs> you know, just, like, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's a bit much. And I'm saying all this, like, critically because, like, we've only seen this first episode. I'm really hoping that they were just getting the pieces in place. And yeah, and I, I, I know we're, we're, yeah, I guess we didn't like this episode, but we're, I wanted to talk about the scene where Daniel goes to visit the dojo because it felt like, I'm not understanding the sequence of events here. Like, it's been two weeks. And I think Johnny's actions kind of make sense. He kind of reveals that he cares more about Miguel because he's willing to beat himself up and, and, like, to sneak into the ICU. And then towards, you know, at the end of the episode, he he has to be convinced by Daniel to go look for his son. He wasn't really going to, like, get the initiative to get in his car and go go find his son. Um, but yeah, I just find it weird that like Daniel, we have a lot of Daniel in this episode. Like he's at the PTA conference, he's with Amanda at the dealership, and then he, I guess in his like day to day, he's also going to visit Crease. Oh, well, I, I think what he's trying to do is like he wants to find Johnny because he wants Johnny to find, go with him to find Robbie. Because um, like he managed to track down the GPS, but he doesn't really know where Robbie is. For whatever reason, he thinks maybe Johnny might, and that Johnny would be interested. He doesn't have your theory that that Johnny doesn't love Robbie. So, um, but uh, listeners, yeah. please tweet at us. I mean, <laughs> I can't be the only one who sees that he has no spark in his oh eye when he God. thinks he's dead. <laughs> well, anyways, Daniel thinks that he might, so he goes to the dojo to find him, and instead of Johnny, he finds Chris there. Uh, that's that. So that's why he goes, and that man. Okay, can I say another? It sounds like we hated this episode. I didn't. I actually enjoyed it fine when I was watching it, but like it's just when you talk about it, you're like, there is a difference in the quality from like you know from season one. I yeah, guess. they like sanded off the edges of the show, right? And so the thing is, he goes to see Chris and he's like, "What are you doing here?" Chris is taking over the dojo, and Chris has such. I wrote this down. He has such a great line. He has such a great line. Um, he, you know, he says to, to Daniel, like, oh, you know, it's such a shame to hear about Robbie, you know, knocking Miguel over that balcony and putting him in a coma. But you know what they say. There's no such thing as a bad student. Oh, he knows how to hit yeah, him where it and hurts. And he doesn't even finish. I mean, to listeners, if you happen to be living under a rock and no, not know this, Miyagi would famously say, like, about Johnny, there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. And so that's just... 
He doesn't need to finish the sentence. It's such a perfect line. He doesn't actually need to say another word to Daniel. That is the worst thing he could possibly say to Daniel. But instead, the scene continues as if, like, as if they think we're not going to get, like, that Crease is a bad guy or something. And said, and basically, Crease is like, no, Daniel's like, I'm not going to fight you. And Crease is like, oh, but you will. It's inevitable. But this time, Johnny and I will finish it. And to me, I'm like, what? Like, you'll kill him? What are no, you trying to say? No, it's weird because I thought it was pretty obvious that he had essentially exiled Johnny. Like, he had stolen the dojo out from yeah. under him. And he had taken it and it was like... There's no going back. Like, Kreese doesn't see Johnny as, you know, anything other than, like, a disgruntled ex-student. Yeah, Kreese is over it. Kreese is, like, a, a homeless man on the rise. So. He, I mean, it's... Literal so homeless man, Jonathan Kreese. And he's got the Kreese cutout. The Kreese cutout is He is has there. a Kreese cardboard cutout of himself. It's a completely empty dojo. It's completely dark. And there's just this Kreese cutout. And he's then, also just hanging out in his empty dojo. There's so the much dark. about this scene that was hilarious for me. So, like, one is that Johnny, after two weeks, clearly hasn't showered. Just 5 o'clock shadow, 10 o'clock shadow, all the shadows. Oh, looks terrible. Um... And you have Kreese, who looks like he's he's having, like, the best night of sleep. He's closed the dojo down for two weeks, so he's not getting any revenue. Wait, did he really? Yeah, because he says dojo's closed for renovations or whatever. I okay. think he's just, like, letting the dust settle or whatever. I don't know. Having a spa day. Because think anything. about this. If if the there's so much backlash from this karate All brawl. All the parents would be pulling the Exactly. The, the, the these are, like, these are high-class parents. They if, would not be sending them. Yeah, if Kreese is teaching anybody, it's going to be on the DL, and they're not going to be paying for these lessons anymore. So I feel like Kreese is... How is he going to pay the rent on a strip mall studio then? Well, Kreese, we, we have our theories of how he's being bankrolled, but I'll say he looks like he's doing well. He's apparently invested in some self-tanner, which costs money. Yeah. He's got like porcelain veneers, also costs money. That's true. He Those teeth are gleaming. But like, God, Kreese is... I, I always Johnny go looks homeless in this. Johnny looks quite homeless. I go back and forth on Kreese because on the one hand, like his sheer over-the-top movie villainous... You know, his evil laughing and his like, oh, but you will, Daniel. It's fun. He clearly doesn't see Daniel as a threat. So he invokes Miyagi. And even Daniel knows, like, he's like, Miyagi could kick your ass. He doesn't bother saying, I could kick your ass. Or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I I just don't know. It's like, he's just so over the top, which I like to a certain extent until I'm just like, man, you don't have to keep talking, Crease. You got in your burn. Just, like, go back to, like, your your spa or your facial mask, whatever you're doing. Um, you look great, Crease, though. Let's he re- does. Yeah. He looks refreshed. <laughs> um, I think the only thing that we haven't touched upon are, um, so the other teens, you know, like the uh, the Cobra Kais and the, the Miyagi-Dos, like Dimitri and Hawk and those other people yeah. with names I cannot That's remember. We see like Hawk has seen a little reversal of fortune. He thinks he's big man on campus, but actually these teen girls, maybe the same ones that were like side-eyeing Samantha, I don't know. All the teen girls look the same to me in this high school, but he's... I guess they specifically were like, you got kicked into a trophy case and you wet your pants. So it's like, they were paying very close attention to this fight. I know. And they are taking notes for, I guess, who best to revere in this high school. Right? Because everybody remembers everything, which uh, I guess that's not unrealistic for high school. And also, how is, uh, I guess, was Hawk also suspended or... That's the thing. It's none, none of the other kids seem to have been suspended, which you're right. Maybe they just dispersed when the cops came, but like... 
So, like, yeah, Hawk is there, and he's, like, you know, he's getting, like, uh, owned by these these girls who are also, like, hiding in tree, which is, like, all right, I guess kicking in a guy into a trophy case will really help you. I don't um, understand teens anymore. Yeah. I don't think I ever did. I, like I said, I think the dynamics of the, of the high school are, are like, I don't know, like, it's a little, like you are saying, it's, like, a little broad, like, but okay, like, so the, the Miyagi-Dos and the shit, what do they call them, the Cobra Kais are lined up like the sharks and the jets, but then, you know, a counselor walks by and they, they back off it, but I'm really, I am, I, I do like the Hawk-Dimitri dynamic. I hope they go somewhere interesting with it and don't just, Yeah, like, I feel like if maybe, yeah, we saw a little bit of Hawk's kind of family life and the second season I think and it shows that he can act so I hope they do something with right, that. You know, like, That's like a big thing. Yeah, like maybe show. he has like he breaks out of Crease's hold and they could be an interesting character right. in his own right. Because yeah, like he was when you think about like oh man, there's so many good things about season one, but like just the transformation of Eli into Hawk, you're just like, I was not expecting that. And yeah. I would like to have that feeling again. Like, you know I know. Um yeah, we're we're only one episode in, so I, are we just being Cassandras, you know? Uh, like, doom, doom, prophesy, prophesizing. Like it, all, all of this is to say, I think my husband's wrong, and I don't think this is a stupid show. I still like the show. I like the characters that they built, but you have a point about like the weirdness seems to have been sanded off a little bit. Yeah. But do you think that's just like a like a transition to a larger audience? Or I mean, it's technically the same. You know how, I mean, maybe the writers, obviously, and the same people are involved, um, and they wrote season one, and but maybe it's like the stakes seem higher, where they feel like, okay, now more people are watching right. this, it is a bigger platform, and will they get this joke? Whereas, I think maybe you can lose that faith in the audience before mm-hmm. you know it, whereas like season one, maybe they were writing for themselves, like I think the show producers, or the creators really loved Karate Kid, mm-hmm. and they were like, we're making this... Kind of like us in this podcast. Oh, labor of love. Before it got off corporate. Yeah, goddammit. Once Netflix sponsors us, you know, we're not going to be shitting on Daniel anymore. We'll be pro-Daniel, just in case we alienate any Daniel. No, we don't want to alienate Daniel. We'll even have to root for Robbie, for God's sakes. (laughs) I want to, yeah, I want to give a shout out, by the way, because, you know, now that we've gotten big... And gotten corporate. Uh-huh. We got like a very nice fan email. Or, yes. Uh, uh, like just this really nice email, um, uh, uh, just pointing something out that we have never pointed out before because we um, often talk about how Robbie has terrible hair and is a terrible person, etc. But we have <laughs> never noticed this before. Why is Robbie so small? I don't know. Right. And and that's what our um, that's what Holly points out um, in her email. His parents are tall, but he is so small. Well, I've maintained that genetics is kind of a gamble. You, <laughs> however, will not. Yeah. I, I think it's possible to have a short kid if you both are tall. Um, yeah, he doesn't really look like Johnny, I guess. But I, I don't know. He, I don't remember Robbie's mom all that well. I guess he could. Isn't she a redhead? What the hell? And I really don't remember her. Is she still in Cabo? No, she's in rehab. Okay, Robbie's mom is in rehab. Yes. Yeah, I was wondering, like, who's looking out for this kid? Why is he on the lamb? And a line from this email: Oh, Robbie, how <laughs> do we solve a problem like Robbie? We don't. We have to pay to get rid of it. <laughs> Thank you for writing in, Holly. That that made our day. But oh, man. Um, yeah, all of us said. All of us said. I think that you know we're not really like 
turning against the show. We're just we just want it to be the best that it can be. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of like good source material to pull from. Um, you know, as I've mentioned, I hope to see one Terry Silver oh make a comeback and explain why Kreese has such gleaming pearly whites. Who's paying for that dental care? Terry's paid for everything forever, except That's for that 10-year period where Kreese was homeless for some reason. That's a true um, friend. Um, I wish we could have an entire season where they're just in South America together. But hey, those are my dreams. What are yours? That's Tell us, listeners. What spinoff that would appeal to a very, very niche audience of one person would you want? Come on. Okay, we have to rate it. I'm going to let you go first. All right, okay. Um, I rate it three metaphorical comas. Metaphorical coma fights? Whatever. But, you know, because I do think that, like, we've, like, basically spent a lot of time kind of shitting on it. But I don't actually mean to. It's very hard to have, like, a 20-minute episode that summarizes basically everything that happened in two seasons and checks in on where every single character is. And if it's not perfect, you know what? I think I'm still excited to see the next one. Yeah, um, yeah. We didn't even mention that Miguel wakes up from his coma at the end of the episode. <laughs> Did he? Uh, no, no, he beats his metaphor. Right, coma exactly. That, uh, that was implied, listeners. Coma Miguel is no more. Um, I'm going to give this two and a half out of five. Maybe because we waited so long for it, and I was just like two and a half out of five. What? Ah, uh, dojo's closed for renovations. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, just because I I get that it's a setup episode, but um, maybe we were like really looking for the for the Netflix changes, and it just felt like I don't know. <laughs> we we spent too much time on the whole like looking for Robbie like subplot. Like even three minutes is too much for me, and I really worry actually. The next episode is just going to be like. I hope it's a lot of Daniel and Johnny together in a car blasting some tunes because that sounds fun. But if it ends up being fucking just street view of Robbie like eating a ham sandwich (laughs) out of a trash can, I will riot at dawn. I mean, I'd like to get a better look at that bowl cut, so we'll see. (laughs) West Valley War Zone. Oh my god, wouldn't it be great great. if he had a different haircut every episode? Yes. Like to reflect his emotional state? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I mean, I know that the season is already out and recorded and on Netflix, but if there's a way you can retroactively make it so that he has a different haircut... Yeah, we're we're trying to stay sto- uh, spoiler-free as we do these. We'll, we'll try to record and post in a uh, somewhat timely fashion, but we are behind the times. I feel like everyone has probably binged already, so mm-hmm. have patience with us, listeners. That's right. You'll have to savor this podcast one episode each week, as if it were a TV show. Yeah, dragging us along. So uh, you can follow us at Kai underscore cast on Twitter or email us uh, Cobra Kai never dies cast at gmail.com. And as always, listeners, strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.